Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos made $13 billion in one day. One day. Yeah. Turns out a Whole Foods customer bought one jar of almond butter. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exaggeration. Um, I don't know if anybody else's family's in this situation with school starting. And I know some of you started a couple of weeks ago, and some of you don't start till next week, I guess. But uh, New York just put off school uh, because of uh, pressure from the teachers' union. Man, that's a readjustment. Um, oh. After a, after a summer of the kids sleeping later, and uh, you know, not having to work all day long, my kids are walking around like, ah, what time I got to go to bed? Just trying to catch back up with the normal schedule, and mm. I feel sort of the same, you know, running them around and staying up on homework and stuff like that. You forget how much work that is. Oh, yeah. Especially with the whole uh, online school and passwords and websites and all that. Yeah, and the teachers that are back in the classroom, quote-unquote, many of them not actually in the classroom, are having to work and innovate and just grind like crazy. It's tough. The job is mostly IT now, a lot of them say. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. Speaking of the Internet, oh, by the way, coming up, uh, thanks, everybody, who sent us links and and all to this absolutely fabulous. He's a state legislator, isn't he? Um, John DeBerry, um, who who gave a heck of a great and moving speech uh, that that we'll play you some of um, in a couple of minutes. Really, really good stuff Um, from the Department of Sane, Reasonable inspiring old-school civil rights activists calling out the lunatics. But speaking of lunatics, here's a woman whose name is, I mean, utterly unpronounceable, um, at least uh, as far as I can tell. In Thailand, it's a, it's, a, it's a zoo, and she is in trouble for taking a selfie with a tiger's uh, um, testicles in her hand. I've got a tiger by the ball, it's plain to see. Appears <laughs> to be both of them. And in one of the pictures, the tiger's looking back at her like, hey, I'll give you 15 minutes to stop that. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm, I'm reading here from the, uh, is this the, uh, the New York Post? <laughs> they have such good writers. Cut that out, but not yet. Needless to say, the bozo's privacy-violating photo op did not sit well with the online masses who accused her of humiliating the tiger. Oh, good lord. <laughs> wow. Humiliate me next. Projecting human emotions onto right. animals yeah, remains exactly. hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Next to reprinting a poll published by a website to promote themselves, the laziest form of journalism in the known universe <laughs> is taking an online comment and writing a story. <laughs> Twitter goes crazy when woman grabs tiger by the scroat. This is so rude, wrote one critic about a risque pick. The tiger did not allow you to touch his privates. You have no right to do that. So they're worried about the lack of consent. And then another added, helpfully, this is dangerous. If the tiger had reacted angrily, it could have attacked you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Who, who's the sort of person that, that types that out? Oh, oh my God. What do they say it, uh, about conservatives? They love people, but they hate humanity. That's me. That is absolutely me. And then, Jack, my favorite modern form of discourse is, of course, the official statement. It is, it is my favorite brand of speech these days. And here is the official statement from the uh, it's Tiger Kingdom. We have a problem. Let's get together. We need to have our lawyers craft a statement. The head zookeeper uh, maintained the visitors are closely monitored and issued the following statement. 
We do not allow tourists to grab the tiger's testicles, but they are allowed to touch any part of the animal's body as long as our specialists are present. So clarifying the zoo's testicle-touching policies. Thank you. To prevent other handsy tourists from (laughs) copying a feel, he promised to, quote, make sure that no visitor will ever be able to touch this part of a tiger's body again. (laughs) You know, put it in pants. (laughs) If the tiger didn't like it, the tiger has a very effective way of stopping it. Absolutely. Yeah, the tiger's complaint department is really effective. <laughs> it's really, they, yeah. Tigers have their own police, and they're, you know, they're ready for action. Oh, speaking of tigers, Dancing with the Stars have, has revealed its full lineup for the 2020 season. It's 150th season, I, it feels like. Featuring contestants such as rapper Nelly. Okay. One Day at a Time star Justin Machado. Hmm. And Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin's (laughs) on Dancing with the Stars. Wow. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Woman who probably fed her husband to tigers. Almost certainly. (laughs) They snacking. Also, a Backstreet Boy, somebody from Cheer, a Bachelorette person. Watch Olympic a Backstreet figures. Boy. If you if you beat her in the semifinals, she'll feed you the, the Tigers. Yeah, no kidding. Watch your back, Backstreet. Olympic figure skater Johnny Weir. Something tells me he's a good dancer. You'd almost have to be, right? So yeah, figure skater? Figure probably skater. the odds on favorite. Yeah. That's loaded. Yeah. Super Bowl champ Vernon Davis. How about that? Wow, VD. I will not watch a single second of this. Oh, my God, NBA player Charles Oakley, who would break you in half for giving him a, a bad look. He's going to foul out by episode two. He's going to kill the dancer. Carol Baskin's on Dancing with the Stars. Carol effing Baskin. Wow. Yeah. That might actually get me to tune in. <laughs> her, she'll wear all tiger stripe stuff, because that's her thing. Oh, absolutely. She has to. Her speaking style. Hey, cats and kittens. Makes oh. Me, oh, it makes me homicidal. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, we're going to uh, play uh, uh, some uh, some tape from a state legislator, uh, a real civil rights activist, and his views on the modern thing, which we think you will find immensely gratifying. There are days, and today is one of them. I have hope for this country. I think the sane may be ready to rise up and, and strike down, metaphorically speaking, the crazy. Don't you dare give me hope, Joe Getty. I'm almost certainly wrong, but I just, there was a, a whiff of hope in the air, and we'll bring that to you next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There's Carol Baskin dancing with a stuffed tiger. So, yeah, you're right. It's coming. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Much like the hostess snacks we were discussing earlier, the first mouthful is great, but uh, I get too much of her and I just want to vomit. And, like, 30 seconds is too much. John DeBerry is a member of the Tennessee House of Representatives. He is a black man. He is almost 70 years old. He has seen real racism in his time, no doubt. He made a speech the other day at the Tennessee House of Representatives. It's gotten a lot of ed- uh, a lot of uh, attention. You know, that, that reminds me, we should replay that Van Jones clip uh, mm-hmm. from earlier, a bit later on, uh, as he said something very sensible. But um, rather than steal his thunder, here is uh, here are the wise words of one John DeBerry. 
Uh, in the middle of what has been referenced to on several occasions, the civil rights movement. And, you know, people continue to refer to this, but I saw it. I saw men and women stand with courage and integrity and class, and they changed the world. They changed the world because what the world could see in them was the lie that was being told about them. I am one of those individuals who walked in back doors because the law said I had to. I'm one of those individuals who rode on the back of the bus on the back seats that were not cushioned because the law said I had to. I went to the water and drank colored water because the law said I had to. I went to a school where everybody looked like me and the country was divided and segregated because the law said that I had to. So all of these things we continue to refer to are the things that me and my generation lived. We saw it for ourselves. We're not reading it in the history books, but we lived it. And then obviously he gets to uh, some of what's going on today. When the riots started and folks started burning stuff down, that's when my father took my arm and we left. We left because that was not what we were there for. That was not what Dr. King was there for. That was not what others who are famous in the civil rights days were there for. This was not peaceful. It was not part of our movement. And it only hurt everything. My family raised money and sent my dad to Washington for that march. But that man stood there and said that he wanted his children judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And all we do in America right now is talk about color. Every issue, every issue is about race, it's about color. Instead of us sitting down at the table like men and women of common sense and common justice, and understanding that our enemies are looking with a greedy vigilance upon us as we tear ourselves apart eternally. They have been watching us for 50 years, preparing step by step by step by step for us to kill ourselves. Um, I know you've been trying to get us to play this for a week, Sean. Why have I just heard that? <laughs> That is incredible. Uh, can we elect him president for the next 15 years? He's a little on in years, but that doesn't seem to be stopping anybody else. Younger than both candidates. Oh, my gosh. There, There is wisdom. It, it remains. Mm. It's, it's shunted off into the corners. He's absolutely right on every bit of that. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a great man. Well, and he's as frustrated as I am, or you are. I mean, he's like he's he's exasperated. It's like, how can this possibly be happening? The the full speech he did was over ten minutes, I think, something mm-hmm. like that. I only saw kind of like a seven or eight minute version of this, and this is just a couple pieces from from that. Yeah, I know we have a couple more t- pieces, and I'm tempted to play him, but he, like we, I'm sure, feels like we're being dragged away from. The, the the just America we've all been trying to build. We're being dragged away from it a hundred miles per hour by these so called, you know, social justice advocates. Well, and that stuff there Critical at the end race garbage and the rest of it. That stuff there at the end about how our enemies uh, around the world, you know, have been working for this for a long time. Right. Right. Uh, and, and and stoking still both are. sides, yeah. tearing us apart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh what was the other thing I was gonna say? Uh, 
Well, I just I hope voices like his are increasingly heard. Oh, I was going to mention Tucker Carlson last night was talking about even the federal government. Certain agencies are making uh, all the employees go through the critical race theory training, the the indoctrination perversion in my mind. Um, and the video of him um, doing that little screed, which like all shows they put up on YouTube, YouTube took it down. That did not meet their, uh, you know, standards or whatever. His indictment of those training programs. So that's, that's nice. That is something. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where to go from here. Transition music, maybe, Michael? Um, we definitely need transition music for me to get to this. The mayor of Portland, Ted Weasel, has been forced to move by rioters. Stay tuned. More than that's enough from the commie. More than one, more than one in three. Yeah, wait a minute. Was that part of what uh, Representative DeBerry was talking about? That was Russian music you just played. That was not Russian. That was Soviet music, Michael. Are you one of the, are you, which side are you on? Are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Absolutely not. All right. Hey, do we have the clip of the pilots in the plane coming into LAX and seeing the, the guy in the jetpack? That's our American 1997. We just passed the guy in a jetpack. Uh, American 1997, okay. Thank you. Were they off to your left side or right side? Off the left side, uh, maybe uh, 300 yards or so, about an hour altitude. We just saw the guy pass by us at jetpack. Yeah, blue 23. He's caution. Person in a jetpack reported 300 yards south of the LA final at about 3,000 feet. Yeah, that's. I agree with you, Sean. It's funny how he just takes it on such a. You know, it's okay, guy in a jetpack. All right, uh, is it? Hmm. Is it Amelia Earhart? I'll tell you what. Is it Bigfoot? If if this happens today, I'll get it. Guy turns himself in, then does interviews. Hi, I'm Joe Getty from L.A. Jetpacks, and oh. what I did was unforgivable. If you buy one of our jetpacks, use it responsibly. Here's our website. It'll it'll be the you know. One of the richest guys in America. I was doing the research yesterday. A good jetpack cost you about two hundred grand. Mm. Do they have financing? <laughs> it's a lot God, of money. I need payments. So I spent pretty much everything we've got for retirement. But uh, hear me out. <laughs> I've always wanted this. It's my life's dream. I'm pretty sure I can go viral with this. I got a jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you get, honey? A boat? Did you buy a new car? Oh, I I got a jetpack. <laughs> You know, after your wife got over the urge to kill you, she'd realize he'll probably kill himself. Yeah, he'll die anyway. He's insured, so okay. Yeah, go enjoy your jetpack, honey. See how fast it can go. (laughs) Don't bother to wear the helmet. It'll just weigh you down. Exactly. You get all sweaty under there. Uh, More than one in three Brits keep the lights off when having sex. The why is the interesting part. I don't know what it is for Americans. Hello. What's all this, then? I don't remember ever having a conversation about this. They're either on or off, and I don't think I've ever had a say in it. Mm. Um. Well, uh, dimmable lights are God's gift to lovemaking, in my opinion. There could Just, be a strobe light going on. It does that. Right, it's fine. It's 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 happening. <laughs> wow. I'm not. You I, sound like a bear. I'm not paying attention to the lighting in the wild. <laughs> but what's the reasoning here? Because they're, it's either because they're self conscious. I think that's the normal one, right? Uh, can't relax or want to save money on their electric bill. <laughs> what? Wow. That's going to be some wild and spontaneous loving. A poll of 2,000 adults found just under a tenth kept the lights off during a romp to save electricity. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I do not want to party with you. 
Uh, one in four uh, want the lights off so can, they can let their imagination run wild. Okay, you, you don't want to picture me. I get it. You're trying to picture, I don't Fair know, enough. a guy from Thor. That, I, get, I get it. That goes into the first one about being self-conscious, because they know yeah. their partner's doing that. During, oh, yeah. Yeah. during sex, men are more likely to want the lights on than women. I want the lights on. Uh, at least some, yeah. Well, but, men's sexual response is much more visual than women's. Yeah, and I don't have to look at me, so I can understand. There's that, too. <laughs> but of those win, who, win. But of those who are trying to save money on bills, it's twice as likely to be a dude. God, get a new husband. Yeah, really. If your husband, yeah. you can't have sex with the lights on because he's worried about the electric bill. Trust me, you can do better. Here's a dollar. Don't worry about it. It ain't going to last that long. <laughs> For the year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, being, feeling oh, man, that reminds me of my, like my father-in-law, who um, he, he was a, an older dad, and he'd lived through the Great Depression, served in World War II and everything. Um, and... Uh, I had to make a phone call from the house once, and he grilled me about whether it was to the next town, <laughs> because it might cost like four cents. Oh, boy. So he might have been a lights-off guy to save money. But <sighs> I have to ask my brother about that, my youngest brother. is My youngest brother, who, as my dad says, invented conservative. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we got more important stuff on the way, though. Yes. We, we promised you. Need to get to that. Exactly. <laughs> That's coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In a speech yesterday, Joe Biden said that President Trump is, quote, poisoning our democracy. Biden also said his nurse is stealing his credit cards. (laughs) Wow. 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 I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with that joke. Oh, Come my on. God. What a joke. Watch me. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm a little... <laughs> anyway, moving along. He's got to answer questions at some point. Yes. And somebody has to say, what's your opinion of Antifa? Make it very open-ended, but he's got to say something. Do you have anything to say about the radical groups that are organizing the violence? And no sailwagging, oh bushwhacking, horn swoggling, crocker crocker. You see, I. He's going to roll away. I'm not sure that actually is the. And the nurse person. has taken my credit cards. Right. Crocker crockers. So, uh, the lefty media is fond of pointing out that the president is claiming without evidence that. And it is funny. They never use that phrase to describe anything. Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer says, Zod. Anyway, they say uh, the president claiming without evidence that there will be uh, fraud with mail in ballots. And there's very little evidence of voter fraud. Well, Rick Leventhal was on a special report with Brett Baer. We'll let him take it in and I'll fill in some details for you. Uh, 41. Democrats have consistently dismissed concerns about mail-in ballot fraud as a myth or overblown. But a New York Post reporter says the truth is chilling, that abuse is easy and widespread. Interviewing a Democratic operative who claims he's been fixing or manipulating mail-in ballots in multiple states for decades. The operative spoke on condition of anonymity, fearing prosecution, he said, calling himself a master at fixing ballots. Telling the Post some methods are really simple, like sending a team into a neighborhood after ballots are mailed out and then knock on the doors and convince people to hand them over. The operative claims a shocking number of people actually do that and then they can just throw out the ballots cast for the other side. 
He says postal workers are sometimes in on the scam, tossing loads of ballots from areas known as Republican strongholds. Another method allegedly targets nursing homes. This has been called granny harvesting in the past, you know, and they, they don't even have to steam it open because the nurse is on the payroll. And then they just go and the nurse gives a stack of ballots that, you know, it's like, hello, we're going to do the ballot together. It's both fraud and it's elder abuse. Well, the source says he and his operatives did their dirty work in local, state and federal elections in New Jersey, New York and Pennsylvania, which, of course, is a key swing state in the upcoming election. So I, I watched that, too. My question would be, why, why would there be... Why would there be more, you know, working on behalf of Democrats than the other way around? I think why would there be more of one than the other? You're going to have a lot more success uh, among in poorer neighborhoods, I think, Hmm. particularly if you're handing a five dollar bill out for a ballot or what have you. And he talks this 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 uh, fixer guy talked to the New York Post reporter and I have the New York Post piece in front of me. And and they talked for a long time and he described city, county and statewide races in um, in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania. He said, I, I've had my hand in every single race you've heard about. Um, and he's got a long rap sheet, I guess. Uh, but he the schemes he describes just will work better in poor neighborhoods and among oldsters. Um, there, there are Republican cheats. I mean, the guy in North Carolina got busted. They had to redo the election. Um, I just think the Democrats are more aggressive about it. But he said... He said for political pros, faking up ballots is a piece of cake because, for instance, in New Jersey, the 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 envelope is is well done. It's difficult to duplicate. You have to sign it, blah, blah, blah. But the ballot itself um, is easy to uh, to fake up. So if they would just print their own ballots. I have a real fear that we ain't seen nothing yet in terms of political polarization People being fed only the narrative they want to hear, dishonest media coverage, politicians being uh, disingenuous. I, I think it's it's quite possible we ain't seen nothing yet when it gets down to a full on street fight over the mail in balloting for who's president of the United States. Yeah. And maybe who controls the Senate also. Yeah. It, it's it's just going to be insane there will be daily stories starting uh well probably starting november 3rd but certainly the days afterwards you know someplace in the country here's somebody you know sort of what we just heard on both sides never ending yeah all day long some of it will be completely true some of it will be half true some of it will be completely fake nancy and trump both stoking the fire People in the streets, it's going to be crazy. Nancy's probably going to want to get another illegal haircut between now and then, so she's looking fresh for that battle. I hope I'm wrong, but I'll bet I'm not. So this guy would have his operatives fan out, going house to house, convincing voters to let them mail completed ballots for them uh, as a public service. Fraudster and his minions would then take the sealed envelopes home. Uh, They would literally steam them open remove the real ballot, place the counterfeit ballot inside the signed certificate, reseal the envelope, five minutes per ballot tops, had several people working on it. Um, Then they would spread them out to different mailboxes, uh, blah, blah, blah. He talked about, uh, you have a postman who's a rabid anti-Trump guy, and he's working in Bedminster, some Republican stronghold. He can take those filled out ballots, knowing 95% are going to Republican. He just throws them in the garbage. By the way, I heard it nailed down by Judge Napolitano yesterday. The president's term ends on January 20th at noon, no matter what. And either Donald Trump or Joe Biden 
becomes president at that time, depending on who the Electoral College declared the winner. Mm -hmm. But if they have not declared a winner as of noon on January 20th, the Speaker of the House is the acting president. Now, we are having an election in the House also. And the House also has to choose a leader. So there's a possibility. I mean, it's nobody's thinking the Republicans are going to take back the House. Ends up being the postmaster general. Isn't he like seventh in line or something like that? <laughs> Nobody thinks Republicans are taking back the House, but I suppose you could end up with a different leader than Nancy. But whoever's speaker at the House at the time, probably Nancy Pelosi, would be president. Yeah, well, she wouldn't let go of it. I mean, she would cut throats and ruin careers and snatch <laughs> so babies. Are you doing, and, you're not doing that thing where she's the new Hitler, are you? She's, she's put a, people in bathtubs full of ice and take <laughs> their kidneys. She would do anything she had to to become the first woman president, even if it's for three days. <laughs> Could we not have a declared winner by January? What's how long is that? November, November, December, January. It's almost three months. Two and a half months. That's a long time. Surely we'll have it nailed down in two and a half months. You would think. Although if there are a lot of legal challenges. Yes, that's the time-consuming part. Yeah. Yeah. And multiple recounts. I mean, can you imagine? When did the, the of recount? Course you can imagine. Some district in Wisconsin comes down to 14 votes. Can you Google it? When did they finally declare George Bush the winner? How long did that take? I don't recall. It's quite I want to say a couple of weeks, but uh, one more thing on the But vote. that was just one state's legal challenges. We could have 10 states' legal challenges. Good point. One more note on the vote fraud thing. When all else fails, uh, the insider would send operatives to vote live in polling stations, particularly in states like New Jersey and New York that do not require voter ID. Uh, Pennsylvania, for the most part, also does not. The best targets were registered voters who routinely skip presidential or municipal elections. That information is publicly available. You would see that, you know, Joe Getty of Everytown America had not voted for the last three elections. So you just have your people. You have them in a van. They have who they're supposed to be. It's always a van. And they spend, uh, well, individual cars wastes gas. Um and they go in and they vote fraudulently. And I love uh, uh, slash hate the whole, there's very little evidence of voter fraud. That's like me running a store with no cash registers, no security system, <laughs> no cameras, and saying there's very little, little evidence of uh, shoplifting. Oh, that's right. And in this scenario, I never do inventory, ever. I haven't seen shoplifting. You haven't looked for it. And this is something. This article is good. We'll post it at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, you can re- read it yourself. I believe second week of December was when the uh, the Florida recount stuff. Okay, got all so settled. we were a month Ooh, six out. Six weeks. So we were a month out from, uh, you know, going to Speaker of the House. Troubling. So could it take longer this time with a whole bunch of states? And you know, Florida went to the Supreme Court, so the Supreme Court might have to rule on. So okay, so a half dozen different states. Legal situation. So that that date I gave you was the Supreme Court's decision on the Florida Supreme Court. Right. So yeah, yeah. yeah. and that settled it. When yeah. it stopped the counting. <clears throat> now there that's were, what Bush stole the election. There were 138 million people that voted in 2016. There could easily be tens of millions of paper, you know, the mail-in ballots. Yes, tens of millions. Mm-hmm. Every state has different rules. Some people, it's all about the signature. Some states toss them out on you know, the, the day later, whatever. Different states have different rules for when they start counting. Some states, you can start counting right away, so you have a result come election day. But a whole bunch of states, unless they change the rules, um, they don't start counting until the day of the election. So they, they never get done. You just never hear about it. 
They never get done by that night. You just don't hear about it because it doesn't matter. It's not enough of a number to make a difference. Right. All sorts of rules about deadlines as well that might be found to be unfair or unconstitutional or something. Or, I mean, if, if, if 5,000 people mailed in their ballot a day late... Some uh, lawyer sues that that's unfair or disenfranchising or something. Who knows? It has to, well, generally it has to work its way up to the Supreme Court. Everything would get super expedited like it did with Bush Gore, if you remember. I mean, they they push aside all these other cases and and get to it right away. Yeah, they don't make you go to your county judge to try the case first in this sort of situation. It's going to be crazy and ugly, though. Uh, It's just, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it. What is it, 62 days now or something like that? About 60, yeah. Not many. Yeah. Well, 60, 60 days until election month. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> you chilled her blood. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> now my blood's chilled. That's when it's going to start to get crazy, the fourth or the night of the third. Oh, boy. Coming up, a lot of good stuff, including uh, Mayor Ted Weasel of Portland. He's been terrorized out of his own home by uh, the very Marxists he has sheltered. There's a little justice for you. So why did the president go to Kenosha? I was wondering, you know, what he was hoping to accomplish. Well, I pr- pretty clear what he wanted to accomplish and uh, saw it with my own eyes. And we got some examples of what it was like in Kenosha with the rioting and an amazing thing that Van Jones of CNN said about the rioting. If you haven't heard this, stay tuned. <laughs> Show. Michael, we have breaking news. Breaking news. Like real breaking news? Yeah. Bring out the donkey. <laughs> this is sobering breaking news, and I hate to be sober. United, hmm, take two. United <laughs> Airlines said it planned to. My screen just went dark. Cut more than 16,000 staff as part of efforts to have its U.S. workforce, cut in half its workforce. So what was the other airline, American Airlines, last week? They said 19,000? And was Delta laid off several thousand pilots? Yeah, that's what, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's such an economic crash coming. There is going to have to be just a unthinkably massive program of loans and grants and whatever to get small businesses back up and running. Paid for by a, uh, an unprecedentedly massive tax hike? Well, at, at some point. Paid for by the kids. Someday. Uh, more on that later. So why did the president go to Kenosha, Wisconsin? The governor didn't want him there. Um, I think the reason he went there is he walked around all that rubble, a lot of it that I hadn't seen on TV, and that's not by accident. I mean, when you have CNN saying, this is a mostly peaceful protest, Jim, with a building on fire behind them, obviously they're in the business of hiding the destruction from you. Right. So the president went there and walked around with business owners surveying the damage, and I don't know if you saw it, it looked like a freaking hurricane hit the town. I mean, it's just amazing. How would I not seen that in the news? Mm Mm-hmm. It's shocking. Over the last couple of weeks. Doesn't fit I mean, the narrative. just rubble. Doesn't help. It's absolutely amazing. Anyway, so the Morning Dispatch, they had a reporter who uh, talked to some people there. Uh, here's one business owner. Um, 
in Kenosha. They broke all the windows, the door. They started a fire up front in the store, stole a whole bunch of everything, said the owner of a resale shop called Treasures Within. He described feeling powerless while he watched on security footage as the rioters closed in on his business. Imagine that. Oh, my gosh. You're just watching him get closer, knowing I know they're going to do this. Uh, I saw them around the corner, and then the building next door, and then on the stream, I heard my alarm going off. There's nothing you can do. DeGrazio's unsure how he'll be able to recover financially from all the damage that was inflicted on the building. There's no insurance that covers any of this, he said. That's all out of pocket, despite what people constantly say on Twitter feeds. Right. Insurance will pay for it. Quit whining. DeGrazio... That's because they're stupid, ignorant idiots. They, that's why they say that. And they've never owned anything. No. Never will. DeGrazio, the owner of this business, expects the window repair alone to cost about $6,000, maybe $10,000 out of pocket just for the window. Another woman watched her business. Um, You probably saw this one on TV, the magical mattress store that burnt to the ground. We were watching on a live feed and could see the group, I'm sure was not from this community, approaching our business in uptown and decided to get there as quickly as we could to see what we could do to prevent any further loss. They'd already assaulted a dear friend, who is all who had rushed to the scene assaulted is a is a, a too kind of word to put on it they found this 71 year old guy named Robert Cobb who had worked for them for years a family friend who worked at their furniture store he'd gone there to try to protect the place lying in a pool of his own blood outside the business Cobb was trying to fight off uh thugs with a fire extinguisher he was assaulted from behind by a rioter with a concrete filled water bottle the blow broke his jaw in two places and split open his nose good lord freaking that's an attempt to kill an old man who's just trying to protect private property it's unbelievable that this is going on all across the country and and not more is being said about it and joe biden saying Violence of all kind is wrong. That's not protesting. You need to call out Antifa and Black Lives Matter by name. You have to. You have to. All and the, the media and the media has to make them. Yeah. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Anyway, uh, Van Jones on CNN, black guy of the super way left, had this to say about it. Um, we have two social movements. Uh, both have edges of violence to them. One on the left, one on the right. I think it's baked in. That Donald Trump is uh, is not going to challenge uh, very strongly the police violence or the vigilante violence, and a lot of people, frankly, are comfortable with that. The question is, how are Democrats and progressives going to deal with the edges of violence in our own movement? I think that Joe Biden can reach can can actually begin to move his own movement in a better direction. We need a national moratorium on these nighttime marches uh, that would separate the responsible, uh, productive demonstrations that have united the whole world. From some of these other demonstrations that are just not as useful. Not as useful. That's one way to put it. Smashing an old man's face, for instance. A national moratorium on the nighttime marches being called for from the super left. So it's a great example of an older classic liberal like Bill Maher or Sam Phillips or a hundred other examples. Uh, Matt Taibbi. God, you think recognizing, uh oh, uh, these people are not us. In fact, they hate us and we can't control them. Will Joe Biden come out for that? I think, I've, you know, it's, it's a little plant. It's just poked its head up from the soil as a wimpy little green stem. But I'm sensing a growth in that awareness from Van Jones and other, you know, old school liberals. But they're up against a hell of a, a powerful lobby and, uh, you know, all the colleges and universities and, 
in the newsrooms that have been terrorized by the militants like New York Times or whatever. Mm. It's going to be a fight, but I think there's growing awareness that they need to have that fight. I'm not sure they have the spine to deal with it. Oh, speaking of spine or lack thereof, uh, Portland Mayor Ted Weasel has uh, had to move to avoid the rioters that he has been sheltering, sheltering the Marxists. Um, as they have repeatedly demonstrated at his condo complex, it's according to the um, New York Post, it's an eight hundred forty thousand dollar condo. It's got to be nice. Well, I'm glad he got into public service. Yeah, yeah, he's a servant. Um, but uh, Ted Wheeler wrote to neighborhoods in the building saying it would be best for me and everyone else's safety and peace for him to move out of the building that the rioters have tried to torch. Huh, so what am I supposed to do if my business is in a particular location? I can't just move it. I mean, this is you know where I built my coffee shop, but now it's getting all smashed up and my employees threatened every single day. So what am I supposed to do? I want to express my sincere apologies for the damage to our home and the fear that you are experiencing due to my position, Wheeler reportedly wrote. No, it's, it's due to your policies, you spineless weasel. And then after the cops brought order and, and stopped the people trying to burn down an occupied building, uh, Wheeler uh, criticized the cops, said they were unnecessarily rough with the demonstrators. The guy can't be helped. He is, he's, well, ideology can make you mentally ill. He's the, he's what they meant when they were talking about useful idiots with Marxism. Yeah. The people that will like, they will, for for utopian unicorn reasons, get on board and help you out, not understanding what's really going on. Right, right. I think he's a beautiful example of that. But if you can't recognize reality, that's mental illness. And ideology causes mental illness. Ted Wheeler, great example. Certainly delusion. Armstrong and Getty.